0: Now this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. One, two,
1: three.
0: I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Stab it. Okay. I mean, well, good morning, going. friends.
1: Good. I, I like to just you know rain on all the parades.
0: That's okay. Good morning. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Saturday, and that is when we are recording DDT <sighs> Wrestling. Nothing better to do in the wee hours of a Saturday than cast some pods. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Doc, can I just mm. congratulate you on a stellar premiere episode of What's the this? Manson Family Podcast? Praise? Oh, I'm feeling more awake already. I, all right, I am always willing to heap praise on you when you deserve it. Uh, that was an excellent show. Uh, the fan reaction seems to be very positive. Mrs. Manson needs a Twitter. I don't care if she doesn't know what she would Twitter about. She she needs to that was join. her excuse. I she did, needs I... to join the neighborhood. Doesn't she, isn't she part of DDTPod.com? Our she website. Is. Well she she is. she is one just one step away. Uh, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm tired. All right. Well... It's 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. No better time. I hate you. D- if we did DDT Daily, I would be like, it would be 7 a.m. every morning. And I would join you at 11. Well, there we go. See? It would be the nice, <laughs> the, the nice crossover. Um, I am back from the north woods of Maine. I unplugged for a bit. It was delightful. Um... You know, ate some seafood and walked through the woods, and you know, I, I built a hut out of pine boughs. It was fantastic. So, uh, how has your week been? Oh, it's been good. I mean,
1: obviously, I uh, recorded the Manson family podcast. Mrs. Manson had a great time. I'm glad um, to hear it. I I, I, was- I, I I did read to her all of your kind comments, listeners, um, from the Twitter since she does not tweet as of yet. But uh, she was very pleased to know that she was well received, so um, if you've got anything negative to say, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was,
0: I was doing some you know I was running some errands yesterday, and uh, you and Mrs. Manson kept me company, and it was it was very refreshing to hear the the female perspective. Um, you know, I, I never really considered Apollo Cruz to have a nice smile, but I suppose he does. And mm-hmm. and I could see where that would you know, that, that might be all you need is if you've got some As does Jason whites. Jordan, apparently. If you've got some pearly whites, you know, she should write an article for DDTPod.com dot com ranking the best smiles <laughs> in the WWE. Uh um, her. she just might. Speaking of NXT superstars, let's get to the big news of of the tail end of the week. We have a new NXT champion, and you know it happened not too far from us. It almost makes me wish that we had taken the uh, taken the road trip to Lowell, Massachusetts, and gone to see NXT because Samoa Joe has defeated Finn Balor to win the NXT championship. Uh, Crazy! What now? You wrote an article. On com, can you tell the fans a little... Without spoiling it, can you tell the fans a little bit about it so that, uh, you know, they all head there and and read the great words of one Doc and What did you write about, sir?
1: Well, I saw that Samoa Joe had won this title, and I wanted to give him props in written format, but honestly, that's only <laughs> the first sentence or two of the article because from there, it just sort of goes into why... Once again, I am so incredibly sort of pleased with what WWE Creative is doing right now. And the bottom line is, just like with Shane and The Undertaker leading up to WrestleMania, where it became very difficult to predict an outcome because there were so many possibilities, what they have done right now by taking the NXT title off of Finn Balor... Putting it onto Samoa Joe has done the exact same thing. There are things happening on the main roster where this potentially could have some sort of impact. Will it? Who knows? Will they do right? I don't know. Will they simply do what seems obvious? Probably. But you know what? This is a much stronger direction creatively than we've seen in this company. I would say in the past, the the past decade maybe. There are possibilities abound. Intrigue, as I say, has returned to the WWE. And I think that is worth celebrating.
0: I, I agree. I'm scanning your article once again, and I do. I did agree with you when I saw, you know, New Age Insiders, uh, the NAI Network. We are proud members of the NAI Network, and the New Age Insiders. I think were among the first to report since they were there at the live event. Um, oh yeah, this I title, gave them props in the article. You did. You did indeed. Um, the first time I saw it, I said th- I thought the same thing you did, which was, "Oh, Finn Balor's hurt." Mm. You know, and I remember us having a discussion about NXT TakeOver and, you know, you had wished they had called an audible when the, you know, the eye injury happened and, you know, the blood should have enraged, you know, Samoa Joe and he should have just absolutely destroyed Finn Balor and, you know. I mean,
1: I will say, looking back on that, um, kind of an odd audible to call, right? Put the title on the injured guy,
0: <laughs> well, but, but uh, you know, it was a different type of injury. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like his eye was hanging out like he's Vader versus Stan Hansen or whatever that was. But um, mm. you know, I I I did think maybe okay, maybe something was up here. But as you say in the in the article on ddtpod.com, um, you know, Finn has been, you know, act actively out there saying that you know see you Monday and all of that kind of stuff so it does you know i what i love about this is this NXT house show has implications, the ripples of which stretch to the highest echelon of WWE because the main event of Payback is Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles. The Bullet Club, uh, Gallows and Anderson are are involved in that story in some way, and it just Mm -hmm. adds another wrinkle here. And that's the beauty of what WWE has created right now is you can have a minor league event that has serious implications on a main roster, main event storyline because, you know, um, go ahead. One of, one of the things I wanted to talk about is the status of a minor
1: event having this effect. You know, it didn't make any sense to me when I first heard, NXT, lol, uh, Samoa Joe wins the title? What is this? Why on earth would you change that title at, I presume is that event
0: untelevised? Is that it going is to be un-televised. I, I maybe mean Maybe they maybe they had a camera there because they knew what was happening. But those right. events are not, you know, right, they are, so they're in they were in Kingston, Rhode Island, I think yesterday. They're going to be in, um, you know, I think they're going to be somewhere in uh, also in the new in- greater New England area uh, tonight. The, you know, these events are not. Uh, I think this just says to me that they really
1: did intend to put the title on Samoa Joe at NXT TakeOver Dallas, except at some point they decided that it was better to have Finn Balor go over on that weekend when more casual wrestling fan eyes were on NXT to get Finn Balor, I think more well established with their mainstream audience because they knew that the move to the main roster was going to happen soon. I think they thought that him winning at Takeover would make him look stronger for this move than if he had dropped the title and said his farewells, you know, uh, more of a downer moment like Sami Zayn mm-hmm. versus
0: Well, and we Hora. have to we have to remember that NXT takeover. New tag team champions were crowned. A new women's champion was crowned. You know, it's while it's not unheard of, it is. It says something when you crown of your three championships, all three change hands. So, but it
1: also says something that you change the title in an an untelevised manner. It means that you don't want people. You, it means you ha- you had to get the title off of Finn Balor, but you didn't want to draw attention to it mm-hmm. because for maybe you think it makes him look weaker. I don't know.
0: Or does this build the intrigue of these NXT events? You know, NXT is touring I, it, is
1: touring. It definitely the does. It definitely does. Except I don't think what we saw on NXT LOL is going to be the standard. I just think I I don't think that this is going to be a regular thing. Maybe I, I'll be wrong.
0: Well, but. and and you know also we have you know in Europe right now on the WWE house shows on the European tour you had Triple H teaming with Kevin Owens to take on Dean Ambrose and Sami Zayn. Like Triple H is actively competing on a European tour. So uh, you know I think they're trying to. Well that's nope. because it's the European tour and they well, want yes. to give
1: them a good show. Undertaker couldn't make it so they had to replace him with another legend. But
0: but they also but they are also, you know, making sure that you know, there's excitement You know, if NXT heads to the West Coast now I think there might be more people interested Now, granted, they're going to be selling out no matter what Because it's NXT But mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more people wanting to go If they're like, oh, there's a chance that, you know Something big can happen on these shows And it could. this could also very well be a call from on high You know, yeah. Vince McMahon saying, all right we need." Oh, Finn. that on high I thought you meant the other on high No, we need Finn Shawn Finn. Michaels, clearly we need Finn Balor now. You know. Yes. Let's bring let's bring him up. We weren't going to, but now that we think about it with this whole bullet club thing, now we need him and they needed to get the belt off him So here's you know, a question for in a you. more immediate manner. Why do you think they need Finn Balor for this Bullet Club thing? I, I think really it's just it, it as we we keep saying it adds to the intrigue you know on NAI Pod this week they had a discussion that we've been having online I tweeted it out and I'm I'm sure I was not the first person in the world to tweet it out I tweeted out something just to kind of stir up You know, the neighborhood a bit that said, forget AJ Styles, forget Finn Balor, let Roman Reigns run Bullet Club. His vest is already hashtag bulletproof. Uh, You know, and so there was a lot of discussion on NAI Pod and on Twitter about whether or not this is going to be a swerve. You know, is AJ Styles, you know, going to, because on Raw, Gallows and Anderson attacked Roman Reigns. AJ didn't look happy about it. He didn't look like he saw it. He knew it was coming. So, you know, there's a lot of maybe AJ's in control of the Bullet Club. Maybe Roman Reigns is secretly in control of the Bullet Club, and this is going to be the whole Roman Empire thing. I think this adds another wrinkle, because now, heading into Monday, are we going to see Finn Balor? Is he in control of Bullet Club? And he's coming up just to kind of mess with AJ Styles and mess, you know, it adds questions, it adds intrigue, and, you know, that in and of itself might be all you need to get Finn Balor. What history does Finn Balor have with AJ Styles? Are they at odds? They both have an affiliation with the Bullet Club, Um, you know, at one point, Prince Devitt was the leader of the Bullet Club. Then when he went to NXT, AJ Styles kind of took that role over. Um, I'm not an expert enough to know whether or not there was any interaction between the two, um... You know, but there's a setup there. But there, there is a natural setup there because, you know, now you have two guys who have run with Gallows and Anderson before, and, you know, are they all aligned? Is it one big group? Is this going, you know, is there going to be a kind of a power struggle? So, you know, there's a lot of questions that can happen, and, you know, if only to keep the Twitterverse Engaged and not focused on you know we're we're no longer questioning whether or not Roman reigns belongs in the main event we're wondering you know what exactly is going to happen with all of this that in and of itself might be you know like I said all you need um, to make this move so you know i i I enjoy it I'm glad it happened you know I'm glad the New Age insiders were there they were there for history um, they got to give frog Balor and you know. I, I forgive me. I can't remember the name of their Bailey Frog, but they, you know, they gave Bailey and Finn Balor their own little, you know, Kermit puppets dressed as them. So there was pictures all over. So you know, I I just think this is this is great for wrestling, as you wrote on DDTPod.com. It's great for wrestling. It's exciting. You know, I I'm loving life as a WWE fan right now. Yeah. I just, once again, go back to those comments
1: about the WWE apologists amongst us. And I just, there has never been a time where I think that rang more untrue than right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roman Reigns is our champion. And maybe I'm not so thrilled about that. But there's enough other stuff that that so yeah. doesn't matter. If,
0: if you're going to take the time to complain about this product, you're either doing so simply to complain. And to and to revel in in the reactions that you're getting, or it's time for you to walk away, you know from from WWE. It is, you can't it, reasonably expect that a much there, better product. There than is this. no there is no pleasing you if you. We've are, had
1: three weeks of fantastic
0: yeah, television. Yeah, you know I managed to watch the only thing I the only wrestling thing I did up in the great North woods was take advantage of cable since I don't pay for cable TV. And I watched a good portion of raw live and, yeah. and, you know, besides the fact that the commercials were irritating, I, you know, I enjoyed it. So we're in, we're in a good place right now. Um, you know, again, I don't think we can continue to complain about Shane McMahon being in control. Like you said, three weeks of fantastic programming. Is it strange? Sure. Is As it, Mrs. Manson said on uh,
1: the Manson Family podcast, which everyone should go and listen to if you haven't already, find the DDT Wrestling uh, podcast feed if you uh, haven't I'm, listened I'm to it already. I'm telling you,
0: I think we need to send that over. I know we're recording this, and you know the the understanding might be we're going to send this to you know New Age Insiders to put on their feed. I submit we send the. You know, the Manson <laughs> Family Podcast. I think it's it would be, you know, with the exception of the Queen Heel herself, there is not a female voice heard on those airwaves. And I think, you know... Might I be a think, good thing. I think it might be a good thing. And even just because it's easier for me to send the link over than to have to try to send this one (laughs) over quickly. Um, So so what do you think about, you know, Gallows and Anderson are going to make their in-ring debut. What are your thoughts as someone who, you know, who only knows Luke Gallows from his WWE run? And granted, I'm the same way. And as someone who... He has a
1: tiny little nose.
0: (laughs) Well, all right. His face is all scrunched. There we have it. We're done with the show now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you've, you've never seen, for my for my understanding, you've never seen Machine Gun Carl Anderson in the ring. He looks like a little Luke Gallows. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Gallows? Uh, like he Nalloc- got shrunk with a little, itty, bitty shrink right? Is this what happens when I wake you up at 7 in the morning to record yes. a podcast? Okay. Yes, it is. Um, what are your thoughts on them so far? Um, You
1: know, I always liked Festus. Um, so I think that as long as they eventually get back to that gimmick, things will be fine.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the bell rings for his their first match against the Usos. Maybe he'll become a giant rage monster.
1: I mean, honestly, I haven't seen anything from them yet. They ran out twice and wrecked some guys. Um, which is fine, but I think it's more the possibility of what they might become. If they were just coming in as a tag team, I would be far less excited. I'm sure they're very talented, But that has little hold for me these days. There's a lot of tag teams in that division right now. They had an entire tournament. Indeed. So they need to do something more with these guys. And, to their credit, it looks like that's exactly what they're doing. You know, After Monday night, I definitely had the impression that they were setting us up for a swerve. It didn't seem to me like they were actually helping AJ Styles. Um, That's my anticipation moving forward. But once you add Finn in there, I think it does become less clear as to whom they will side with, or maybe they all just get along. I mean, I don't, I don't
0: know. Okay, no, I, I think, it, like you said, you know, that I watched them attack Roman Reigns, and it looked, it looked like you know they could not have been more obvious if they had come out with a giant neon sign that said Roman Empire. You know, it, it was just like, okay, this is totally not going to be AJ style. you know. But like you said, little extra. Now I'm not sure. Now if I had to if make a prediction, I'm saying, you know, there's a 50% chance they go with Roman, but now there's like a 33% chance they go with Finn, you know. And I'd love to see it be even something else, you know, somebody not even them, you know, I, I – some other person running the Bullet Club or running Gallows and Anderson. I suppose we should stop saying Bullet Club because I don't think that's what they're going to be called. I don't care. They're Bullet Club until they give us a name. So uh, here's the
1: other thing is, the thing that you have to think about is if if Finn Balor is done with NXT, and he must be, uh, you know, I don't know whether... Maybe he is injured. Maybe he's just teasing us and he's not going to be out on Raw anytime soon, and this is all just... For not, he does seem to do that. He likes to get people riled up. That that Finny boy. But if they were going to bring him up to the main roster, I know that Finn Balor. I mean, just look at Finn Balor. Look at that entrance that the Demon gets at NXT uh, Takeovers. You know that he is a special project of someone in charge, probably Triple H. So there is no way that he is going to get pulled up to the main roster and put into a position where he appears weak. So, based off of that, I fully anticipate that Bullet Club will align with him. The question is whether or not AJ Styles is simply along for the ride. I'm going to say no because it doesn't make... Because if he's there, if it's Finn and AJ, they have to share that spotlight which is not something that I think management in WWE understands very well. So I think there would tend to put the focus on someone. And again, given the special treatment that we've seen Finn get, nobody else gets that type of production value in NXT. I think that he is going to come to the forefront when
0: this is all said and done. I think that makes total sense. I also wonder, you know... uh Gallison and Anderson, as they met, I think as Liam or Jason mentioned on Naipod, pod they are here specifically to get someone over. If they get themselves over, great, but their job is to help build someone else. And of the three people, Reigns, Styles, and Balor, AJ Styles is probably the least in need of someone to build them up. He does pretty well all on his own. Roman obviously mm. needs a little bit of help, you know, there there's value to him running a stable right now. Um and, you know, Finn Balor, because he is There's a zero percent chance. Zero percent chance that Roman
1: Reigns ends up running this thing. You think so? He's said one versus all too many times for him not to say it again in the future. So But you know what he also says? To, what's that? He's not a good guy. Yeah. He's not a bad guy. Oh, he's not? He is the guy. That is an astute observation, Roman. Thank you for that. I Thank you for saying that over and over ad
0: nauseum. You have promised that you will retch, and I want to see it. <laughs> Um, You know, and I, I think because, as you said, Balor is a special project, I think it means they might try to surround him with somebody because that will help to build him up. You know, I also don't... You know, we've given Finn... I agree with you, but I... They, they did that. They did that with the S.H.I.E.L.D., and just
1: like they have... A lot of times they have issues backtracking, and I, I think... They are focused on Roman as a single star, that one versus all. Okay. I don't think they are usually inclined to do what you're saying, because I think that constitutes backtracking
0: for the Roman Reigns You might character. be totally right. Now, let me ask you a question, because I, I was not an active watcher during the the rise and fall of... Well, I saw the fall, but the rise of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Was there a leader? Was, was there, like, you know, uh, there are some stables that are put together... Solely for the purpose of elevating a single star, um, yes. Who was?
1: Who I, I was don't know the, that. I don't think there was a single star that they were trying to put over. But the leader was Dean Ambrose. At least that's at the what beginning. I thought.
0: Because wasn't he, you know, U.S. champion for like, you know, Correct. a whole bunch of time, and he didn't defend, you know, and 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 Reigns. Seth and Rollins, Reigns and Rollins were kind of afterthoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins was actually, I mean, obviously very talented, but he didn't talk very much in those early days. Eventually, I think Rollins and Ambrose came to share that spotlight a little bit more. But the whole architect of the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing didn't happen until after the S.H.I.E.L.D. broke okay. up. So there was really no emphasis on Rollins before that, as far as I can tell. Yeah,
0: from one, from the few matches of the S.H.I.E.L.D. I've seen, it was Ambrose, and then you had the power guy, and then you had the guy who looked like a Jeff Hardy knockoff, which was Seth
1: Rollins. Yeah, There were times, like I said, where I think they shared that spotlight fairly well. But simply based off of the fact that Rollins and Reigns were tag champions Mm -hmm. and Ambrose was
0: the U.S. champion, I kind of think that he was the de facto leader. Well, speaking of tag champions, do you have anything more to say on the AJ Reigns-Balor issue? Oh, I'm sure I've got a ton to say, but we can move Uh, on. There's nothing. We've had a tag tournament and an interesting wrinkle. Continuing with this, you know, theme of intrigue and excitement, the finals are the vaudevillains and Enzo and Cass. They are going to battle at payback, and the winner gets to take on New Day. So once again, we're going to have a pay per view. It seems like where the tag team championship is not being defended, unless we're going to see another League of Nations New Day match which I'm not excited for. It'll be fine. But um, your thoughts, you said awesome. Are, are you excited about this? You know, the, the two newest tag teams are the ones getting the big shot? Absolutely. I think that's a good stage for both of them.
1: And the thing, you know, I, I'm always sort of fantasy booking things in my head, I guess. And the VOD villains have sort of just slipped through this tournament to get to the top whereas Enzo and Cast have made a bunch of enemies along the way, uh, specifically the mm. Dudley boys. So, I mean, I don't know whether or not this is the opportunity where the Dudleys strike or the Dudleys wait until Enzo and Cast win and get the tag team sh- championship shot, but doesn't it almost seem like it would be appropriate for the Dudleys to cost them this finals match, and then somehow we end up with the VOD Villains
0: against New Day? I think so. And if, o- if only just because New Day are out and out babyfaces right now, I don't remember when it specifically happened. I think it was the League of Nations, but you know Cesaro teaming with New Day on Raw pretty much cements that these are the these are the good guys. These are the guys that everyone's cheering, and you know having two of the most popular tag teams going at each other while it would be entertaining to listen to them banter. You know, I, I think it makes more sense for the Vaudevillains, and especially since the Vaudevillains, I like both of them very much, but that gimmick is very hard to pull off in WWE. And to the, fo- pa- to the point where I said I thought it was almost impossible to pull off. And the best way to do it would be to let them, you know, maybe they don't win the tag team titles, but they get a serious push right off the bat that's possible and if they can do that even if the dudleys get involved which i think is a great wrinkle to add to this story because now you've got two high profile tag team feuds going on um i think it would be i think it would be fantastic so you know i'm all in on that idea dudleys and hey i just want to say it here uh
1: reiterate mrs manson on the manson family podcast says that she believes the vaud villains can win tag team gold on the main roster
0: I don't disagree with Mrs. Manson.
1: The voice of the masses, Mrs. Voice Manson. Of
0: the masses, Mrs. Manson. There you go. Um, you know, they wear colors, though. I will. I will take umbrage with that. They'll. They'll wear red. They'll wear blue. They'll wear green.
1: They have in the I, past. You know, they I, have I take right.
0: issue with the whole idea of you know. I don't know if it was a Kevin Dunn decision, but they start their entrance in color and then transition to black and white. Oddly. In WWE, mm. that never used to happen. I don't know if that's just a creative decision or if they're just still. I was wondering if that was just a production glitch. I I've seen it. I twice. saw it once. So oh, the okay. first time, the first time okay. I was like, "All right, they weren't paying attention, so they didn't get it." Now I think they're doing it on purpose. I'm just not sure why. Um, but I am very excited. Uh, are you excited at all for this global cruiserweight series? We keep seeing posts about. I know nothing okay. about it. We see, you know, I keep seeing posts out there about you know the qualifying matches. You know, the one of the big. I think that's really cool. One of because that
1: implies that they're doing a ton of business yeah. with these smaller well, um, upstart companies. One and that's of the awesome. big
0: UK Revolution Pro. One of the big UK companies is doing it. Um, Evolve Progress, Progress is doing it. So I'm excited. Uh, you know, I'm excited. Zack Sabre Jr.'s involved. He's a guy that people on Twitter in the neighborhood have been telling me for a very long time that I should be watching, and if it was easier to find him and watch him on a big screen, I totally would. You know, he seems to be a, a Daniel Bryan type, you know. So what, which way do they go with
1: this this cruiserweight tournament? Do they go putting over a guy who's in the WWE now, or do they introduce someone else that they're going to...
0: I think the finals are going to be a WWE product guy. Probably an NXT, but you know, I don't think this is... Baron Corbin. And I don't think it'll be Baron Corbin. Um, (laughs) But it'll be a WWE guy versus a, a guy who is at least not publicly under contract. And I'm guessing it's Zack Sabre Jr. because he is... Arguably, the biggest independent cruiserweight, um, in the world, potentially right now. Besides maybe Kota Ibushi, who I don't even know if he's going to be in it. But, um... I think it'll be Zack Sabre Jr. versus, you know, there's talk of there's, there's this guy. Um, he was wrestling under the name La Sombra in Mexico. I think he's like Manny Andrade or something right now in NXT. He's never made a televised debut, but people are excited about him. So maybe it'll be his chance to shine. But I think that'll be what happens. And the WWE guy will obviously win, I would assume. And it'll be a chance for them to, you know kind of organically propel a guy to NXT or, dare I say, even WWE stardom. So,
1: I mean, I think it's also a really good way, if you've got a guy who's been on the indies for a long time, who seems really talented, you just don't know that he has any mainstream cachet. I mean, it's a great way that's to a good way to introduce yeah. a new talent to the mainstream. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true. If this is only going to be televised on the network... Well, they'll st- I'm sure they'll still show highlights well, on I could, SmackDown. And I could so. see,
0: I could see this if this is a, as big of a deal as it seems to be. I could see it start to trickle over. You know, I could, yeah. I could see them doing even if they do. It's ca- semifinals. It's Kalisto versus. You know, um, let me think of another cruiserweight who's not injured. Might the first two that come to mind are Tyson. It, it's Callisto versus Tyler Breeze and this is an opening round match of the you know and it happens on raw or on smackdown and Khalil it's actually very smart because as you're saying it's
1: going to funnel mainstream wwe people towards the network and that's the exact same thing that they're doing by doing business with these smaller independent companies mm-hmm. they're taking hardcore you know wrestling fans who aren't interested in the wwe product And they're telling them, hey, look at what we're doing, and they're trying to funnel those people towards the network as well. All their business moves, all these things, taking up these Japan stars, this cruiserweight tournament, it's all in service of the network. They are handling the expansion of the network, the publicity, incredibly smartly. Mm -hmm. It's subvert, and they're doing an incredible job of getting people's minds on... That thing, and converting them into paying customers. Yeah, um, they they are doing a phenomenal job with that. And everybody who said, "Oh, the network is failing in the first six months," man, you guys did not have the long term view because this thing is a cash cow, mm-hmm. and they are treating it exactly as a smart business.
0: Uh, entity should. They're they're doing a, a fantastic job. Now, I have a question for you about this relationship they are starting. Do you think the relationship with these independent companies, do you think it could possibly be working in two ways? You know, we've talked about the, the problems with a roster this deep and, you know, guys getting... Could we see a guy like Fandango or a guy like Tyler Breeze or even a guy, you know, even somebody like the League of Nations... Taking a week and doing a you know, showing up on some of these shows. Could we see, you know, Paige? No, you don't think so. You don't think it's gonna, well. It could go well, both ways. I, you,
1: you could see Paige on there, but the other ones you mentioned are all nobodies. They're not going to send nobodies to these shows. They're going to send people that they think are going to drive those viewers back to WWE programming. They're not going to send Tyler Breeze. Um, okay, so you, I don't so even you think, think they're so going to th- send Roman Reigns. They're not going to send
0: lower card guys, but you might see. They're, well,
1: even I just said they're even not going to send Roman Reigns. He's a top card guy, but I don't. I think they're smart enough to know that he's kryptonite to those types of fans. So they're going to send AJ Styles. Ke- yeah. They're going to send Kevin Owens. They're going to send Cesaro. They're going to send those those quote unquote darlings of the indie scene. And those are the guys who are going to be ambassadors of this new-age WWE brand. Mm -hmm. And they haven't done it yet, necessarily, but yes, I think you're right in what you're positing that they're going to do that. Well, let me posit something else, then.
0: Could we see a world in which some of these big indie shows, you know, the Evolve shows, could we see a world where they get broadcast? on WWE Network. WWE Network features Revolution Pros. Let me put it this
1: way. They wouldn't be entering into a business agreement with the WWE if these smaller companies were not getting something out of it. I don't necessarily know that that means they're going to be able to broadcast one of their complete events on the network. But these matches... These these qualifying matches, I fully expect to show up on the network with those companies' brandings intact. I think
0: that's what they get out of this deal. It's just a, well, it's total exposure, you know. Correct, because WWE on their website and on their network are going to say, "Hey, there's this company in the UK called Rev Pro. You should check it out because it's got and matches you better, like this." And you better
1: believe that you know what what is the WWE since its inception always done. Expand, right? It's always, it started off as a territory and it subsumes the entire nation. So, what are they going to do with the network now? Now they see that there's tons of these smaller promotions that have their own internet presences, right? I hate to tell you, but maintaining that kind of bandwidth, those sorts of video catalogs online are probably pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. So, if you now have this mega corporation like the WWE coming in and saying, hey, you maybe want a little bit of bandwidth on our thing? Uh we just have to come to an agreement on a few certain days di- sooner or later that becomes w w e owns these companies' catalogs, which is exactly the mindset that the w w e has always had so yeah, I mean this i could just be those territory days sort of replaying themselves unbeknownst to most of us. you know what I mean so
0: does that mean the w w e already owns the t n a catalog but no, just, not yeah. Isn't yet. it just a matter of time at this point? It is a matter of time. Well,
1: uh, the only thing with that is I don't know if they're going to want it.
0: Again, no, no, that's
1: not true. With the fact that they have AJ Styles, mm-hmm. the fact they, that they have the Dudleys, they, they've
0: got all of these people that they can now. They're going to buy, you that, know. And yeah. again, on an AI Pod, they had this discussion. Does it change thing? You know, do they now say if they, you know, if they uh, buy out TNA? And all of a sudden, the TNA archive is being slowly added to the WWE network. Does that mean that the Dudleys go from 10-time champions to whatever it is, 16, 18, 19-time champions? Do you start calling, you know, when Bobby Roode makes his WWE debut in, let's say, six months to a year, do you say, oh, here's heavyweight champion, you know, former heavyweight champion Bobby Roode. You don't call him WWE world champion, but he won the TNA title. You know, does maybe does that? That's a good point. So, I think it changes things. You know, I do think it is a matter of time. I would say by the end of the summer, TNA is a WWE property. The end of the summer? Oh, I
1: don't know about that. If anything, there they've been tenacious. They are prepared to <laughs> accept levels. TNA. <laughs> they are prepared to accept levels of survival that most <laughs> others would. I think that's a quote from the Matrix. I think I just quoted Agent Smith for the well. Regardless, um, they um, they definitely are prepared to play the long game here. I don't see them recovering though. So sooner or later, they run out of money. Well, I just don't know how close that They're is. now
0: operating their business out of a production warehouse. Some, you know, I saw that, um, but I, that's I, a cost saving measure. Well, and 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 I I don't know that it's they're willing to accept. I just don't think WWE has come knocking yet you know WWE you know the longer well, of course not the longer of course this, not. the
1: longer they wait the cheaper exactly, they buy them the for. longer
0: this goes you know the the like you said the cheaper it's going to be so um but i'm excited you know i'm excited to see what happens there, we, we have been exceedingly positive and i just so people don't think we've been you know abducted by some sort of aliens and replaced with pod people or something like that is there anything negative going on in WWE right now, yeah, sure. Roman Reigns is the champion, but even that, it, you know, is it is it really negative that you know they're actually moving? Think
1: about it this way: it could be anyone in that match against AJ Styles, and we would still be talking about AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Luke Gallus, and Carl Anderson. Roman Reigns is almost a non-entity in the story they're telling at the top of that roster. I think that's a negative. Even whether you like him or whether you hate him, it doesn't matter that he's him.
0: But it's that's a, a problem. See, and that to me is why I can't agree with your uh your saying that it's a zero percent chance that it's Roman Reigns. Why? Because they can use this to springboard Roman you know. I I have to believe that all of this is Do you believe? I always believe. I have to okay. believe that all of this Is leading towards making Roman Reigns a bigger star. And one of the ways you could do that is it could be Styles, it could be Balor, maybe even Balor shows up and it adds that level of injury. And in the end, Gallows and Anderson are kneeling at the feet of Roman Reigns, who like puts a hand on each of their shoulders and stands tall as the champion. And, you know, now, now. If they go with this heel turn, and the fact that they did not seem to be adjusting crowd noise on Raw makes me think that they're probably going to, now you have taken away from fans, you have said no Bullet Club, no Balor Club, now you get the Roman Empire, he is as viled a talent as you can find. Which I would say, if WWE chose to go that way, would be a big, big hairy deal. I agree with everything you
1: said that sounds like wisdom to my ears, except I think they would rather see Roman Reigns standing over the decimated bodies of all four of those men by himself, one versus all. But the thing you said makes
0: a lot of sense. It has logic to it. And, Which and, is another and, and reason why does, I think they won't does, do it. Yours does as well. One of the benefits of DDT wrestling is you. Laz is listening to the Manson Family podcast, and apparently you hear voices in your head. Oh, because you're Randy Orton. Got it. Took me a minute to figure out what Laz someone's was about Randy Orton. That. Um, didn't she? Wasn't she watching when the hurricane was around? Am I? Am I wrong there? My my time. my that might have been before her time. My internal sense of time gets all messed up when it comes to you know all of that. Yeah, but I I remember I remember, I remember her, her fawning over Randy Orton in the early oh, yes. in the early years. Um, you have already mentioned uh China on the Manson Family podcast. Indeed. Um, you know I will add you know quick thoughts you know you want to talk groundbreaking I'm not going to say that China led to the Divas Revolution of course not but we had never seen someone like China you know I, I am not a fan of intergender matches at all no why not I just I don't I f- you don't believe in equality between the genders? I, f- I believe in equality between the genders, but it, those well, matches... Well, then you should watch the Lucha Underground, because they're handling it very well. Those matches never seem to be all, you know, equal. It's just... It's a, it's a, I, the intergender matches that I've seen, when Sexy Star, back in Season 1, was wrestling, you know, whatever, I think at one point she went up against Cage, and I'm like, come on. You know, it was, it was just, I I find them difficult to watch, but when China was in there, that was somebody where I'm like, okay, you have potentially more muscle mass than any of the people that you're going up in the ring against. So it made it more believable, um, to watch those. And, you know, there was a, there was a period of time where she was one of the biggest things in the WWF, um, and Literally, the ninth wonder of exactly. the world. It is a shame uh, that things ended the way they did, uh, both in terms of her run with WWE and the way um, the last few years of her life seemed to go. You know, I a lot of people on Twitter were uh, you know criticizing WWE specifically Triple H and the McMahons, because you know they only talked about her as the pioneer after her death. At least yep. they talked about it. They could have said nothing. They said what they said because, as a business, yes. they had to say. And, what and they said. but they yes, and they could they couldn't have said nothing. You're wrong. They, they had to acknowledge it. But they could have acknowledged. You know, at least they acknowledged it in a in a you know as positive way. As the I way the thing that bothers me
1: about this is someone like China. My interpretation is. You know, be having her accomplishments and accolades be ignored probably, you know, contributed to whatever her mindset was. Having DX entered into the Hall of Fame with no mention of her, I think, was a very poor choice that
0: may have contributed. DX isn't in the Hall of Fame. They are not? They are not in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, if that is
1: true, then I guess I've misremembered, and I guess I have less of a point to make here.
0: But do you think when DX does get into the Hall of Fame, will China be mentioned now? Now? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. In fact, I think that's how she gets
1: into the Hall of Fame. I don't know that they enter her separately.
0: No. no, No, I don't think that they do. Although... They might, though. Now that she's dead, they might. And again, that sounds it sounds awful.:: well, and crass It, it to say, does, but, but at the same time, at least they're going to acknowledge it. If she had lived another 20 years, they would have never talked about her. And I'm not yeah. saying that I, you know, that that her death is a positive. Obviously, it is not. But at least they are choosing to acknowledge her. You know, Bailey had Ninth Wonder of the World written on her wrist tape. You know, a lot of the the divas have gone on to talk about it. You know, they they are they are honoring her. Could it have ended better for her while she was alive? Of course, it could have, and I wish it had. But
1: yeah. at least, and again, I don't want to necessarily vilify the WWE. I'm not going to say that they're responsible for any of her actions or anything. Ultimately, we have no idea what happened behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We don't know if they reached out. We don't know how many times they sent her to rehab, because I know they foot that bill for some of their previous performers. We don't know if she was receptive to any of that. So I'm not just going to sit here and vilify the WWE. If they ignored her, it was probably for a very good reason. She was out in the media saying some awful things about some of their board of director members, Triple H specifically at certain times. So, you know, it's not really surprising that they took a cold shoulder to her. To some degree, she made her own bed. Mm. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say that China necessarily was a stalwart of righteousness or whatever, what have you. I think that there were two parties here that probably had some sharing of fault. I just wish they could have patched it up sooner.
0: I agree. I agree. I agree. Anything else besides No Way Jose? That's the only thing. No
1: way. Jose. No
0: way Jose. But this is so no resemblant of Adam Rose, no it's way. not even funny.
1: Oh, it's funny. It, it's funny that this guy thinks he's got a chance
0: with that gimmick. I will say this, I was I was completely against it until he did the airplane spin. And then at one point he was like, Whoa, whoa, no, I'm okay and then like continued it. Yeah. I was
1: like, He seems good, he seems charismatic, but the only thing is, I don't know that I need another Kofi Kingston who probably isn't as good as Kofi
0: Kingston. I'm reserving judgment that the gimmick is going to need something. Yeah, it's going to need something. But hey, he's in the developmental territory. He is. is, That's what this is for. the, The fastball punch is an interesting choice of finisher. Um you know, it's not quite the heart punch, which is one of my favorite finishers, but it, you know, it was entertaining. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, they do not follow the Adam Rose trajectory, which is they take advantage of the catchy music and the entrance and they bring them up to WWE right away, because obviously that doesn't work. But
1: people whose gimmicks revolve around a flashy entrance should be worried. Yes. At all times. Yes. Fandango, that Tyler Breeze, Adam Rose. Yes. Tyler Breeze at least had a little more to
0: him, but even he couldn't get out of the black hole created by his entrance. I am interested... I'm curious. We have not had the releases. WrestleMania is now, about three weeks? We'll get there. In the rear view, but usually it happens quite quickly after that,
1: but... Uh, I think we'll get there. I can't. I just... I don't know, man.
0: Damien Sandow doesn't seem like he's long for this world. Uh, there's a number of them that I think they could, especially with all of these NXT talents. You know, I I'm expecting a, a fairly sizable group. You know, uh, speaking of Adam Rose, you know, he and Connor. Uh, the big guy from the Ascension have been suspended for uh, a PED violation. Um, Adam Rose has taken to social media to uh, plead his case. He says, you know, he knows it's probably career suicide, but he doesn't think he did anything wrong. He followed advice of the doctor. Um, you know, it was a, it was all. My
1: question is, which doctor was it? One of WWE's doctors? I would assume not. I would assume not as well. So. Which is why it's career suicide. Yeah. You should have taken your lumps quietly and come back after Take your Take the Titus O'Neil suspension. approach. Correct. Now, if it is a WWE doctor and you have a legitimate case, well, that's different. by all means, that's you should different. plead it, but I don't know that it's ever appropriate to plead it in a public manner. So, I would expect T- him to have difficulty know, Titus no O'Neil
0: what. could have made a, a lot more noise about, sure about what happened because, you know, we talked about it two or three months ago when, when the event happened. Um, but you know why he didn't? Because ultimately, he knew he was in the wrong. Yes. yeah, And and, and was it a slight overreaction on WWE's part? Perhaps. Sure. But, yes. Well, and, and you know, if Adam Rose feels like he needs, you know, it, he kept talking about he needs to be able to look his family in the eye and he wants to take the moral high ground, fine. If you understand that you are... Basically guaranteeing the end of your WWE career. If that's a hill you want to die on, go for it. If you you know if you feel that strongly about it, I'm not going to say you shouldn't do it. But right. he was easily replaced by the other member of the Ascension in house shows. They just took that yep. guy. You know, they could literally take him, keep the eyeliner, take off the rest of the face paint, and put a furry coat on him. And I bet a lot of people wouldn't notice that Adam Rose was gone. <laughs> He's got long hair, similar body type. You know. Ouch. All right. Um, we've preached a lot of positivity, but what is your uh, what is your positivity of the week that fans can take with them out into the world this weekend? Oh, uh, I mean, I gave a positivity on the
1: Manson Family podcast. Should I just say the same? Oh, thing? Well, it,
0: it, I can do I can do my own then. I, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just said you know we've had three great weeks of television. I guess if I had to pick something new development since then, the only thing new that's happened is Joe winning that title. Mm-hmm. So actually, I'll say that Joe winning the NXT title. I think he deserves it, mm-hmm. and I'd love. I want to. I want to see him as the Wrecking Ball NXT champion. And again, it only adds so many, so much more dimension to what's going on on the main roster that. I have to watch on Monday night to see what happens
0: next. they're I, doing great. I will go ahead and pick they um payback, which is coming up in uh, a week a week from tomorrow, I believe is payback uh has a really it seems like it's been a long time it does. since we've it had does. an event but it has a real catchy theme song doc Manson. It's got a real catchy tune. I've listened to it probably fifteen or twenty times while up in the north woods for reasons that you'll find out about later but um i uh i boycott <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't say can't I? You, you can't just do the manson family podcast it's not allowed <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh you'll you'll be in for a treat next week friends uh i decided to tell a story this month so and i and i have big plans in the works for next year. For next WrestleMania, I've got some big plans in the works. Uh I am I am I've decided to become the Weird Al. Oh, let's let's take just a minute cuz you and I have not discussed Weird Al Yankovic. Let's actually end on a positive note with you not hating me. Uh I love Weird Al. I also love Weird Al. I've have you ever had the chance to see him live? Yes. I have not. He is fantastic. I have not. I have not. He was he was playing in Maine, I think, over the summer and I just never got the chance to get up there and see him. But I I think I have his show to. is amazing. It's rapid fire. He does a ton of costume
1: changes um and he just he performs very well. It's very humorous yes.
0: and I get, it's the theatrical nature mm-hmm. of it is extremely I give impressive. him a lot of credit because he has picked a You know the fact that he is a parody artist with serious musical talent. He is extremely musically talented. That his career can go on for as long as he wishes, for as long as that ageless, ageless vampire body of his
1: will continue to hold out. Because he's got to be like sixty-five years old now, right? I'll
0: check on that. But um, he's, you know, I actually don't think he's quite that old. No, I would say he's he's got to be getting up there. 56. He was born in 1959. Okay. So, you know, but uh, I'm, he's fantastic. You know, even the stuff, you know, you, you get a guy, you get a lot of musical talents, and you're like, oh, their old stuff was good, but their new stuff's not as good. That song, Tacky, was fantastic. The music video was, was. great. Foil, also mm-hmm. a fantastic music video. Uh, got the guys from Reno nine one one in it. Patton Oswalt is in it. No, I don't think I saw the video, uh, but it's it, if you go on YouTube and just look at Weird Al videos, all of a sudden three hours go by, and you know <laughs> Mrs. Matthews yeah. doesn't know why he at, was my I first
1: musical them. love, which I think is funny for a man who ostensibly parried, was a parody artist, yeah. right? I never listened to
0: the original stuff when I was oh, younger. All of a I sudden you'll listen to all sudden L, you'll and listen that was to, my gateway all of a sudden you'll listen to a song and you're like, "Hey, this sounds like that weird Al song. Oh, I guess this is the original I never absolutely heard it. um he was my gateway to
1: other music when I was younger. He was my first musical love. yeah, I never got to play the accordion, but me neither. All right, but man, Christmas at Ground Zero is a great song. Well and that's
0: it because his original his original stuff is also as good as his parents I don't know if you
1: remember they had an album a few years back I think called I think it was on Poodle Hat um, was the album there was just this random uh, original song I think it's original anyways called Hardware Store yes that track is amazing
0: stuck right there in the middle of the hardware store
1: It's so there's just so many different things going on at the same time. He makes this musical beat from the whirring and clicking and hammering of different, you know, tools that you implement you'd find in a hardware store, and it's just this rapid fire micro machine style thing with these different overlapping tracks. It's just this cacophony of chaos, and it sounds
0: Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but it's it, that's that's one. That's song homework that's sort of stuck for the with me. week. You have two homework assignments for the week, neighborhood. Number one, um, go listen to Andy Black's uh, "We Don't Have to Dance." I think is the name. Uh, the theme from Payback. Go listen to it because again, real catchy tune. And then while you're on YouTube listening to it, uh, then go spend an hour or so. Watching some Weird Al videos because his recent stuff is like I think he's like getting like local people to you know to, to watch things. Maybe you should do Sundays with Doc tomorrow. Should be all Weird Al stuff.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Weird Al, while we're on the topic and you know his videos, uh, I think you have. I think I probably watched it with you. But have you ever seen UHF? His feature film UHF. Fantastic. Such a good Fran thing. Drescher, Michael Richards. Great, great. Michael Richards in his defining role, I would say, because that was Kramer before Kramer existed. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So um, that is a
0: fantastic, goofy film. All right, also terrible, but great. That's just fine. That's just fine. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are DDT Wrestling. My esteemed host, co-host, badgers. We don't badgers. Thinking badgers. Yeah. Uh, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. If you have not yet checked out the Manson Family Podcast, please do. It really was, and I'm not just saying this because I didn't have to rush home from Maine and record a show. It really was a great hour of, of wrestling entertainment. So please get Mrs. Manson a Twitter, even if you run it. It's fine. But I, <laughs> I, think, I tweet so much as I think is. The two of you, each on your own device, live tweeting Raw would be fantastic. Probably. <laughs> All right. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I am back from the Northwoods. Uh, hopefully I'll have uh, some time this weekend to catch up on some other wrestling. Maybe write a column or two over there on DDTPod.com. Um, anything you left you want to say before we head out into that good morning? Even though it's a little rainy, it's a beautiful morning. no
1: nope, be DC, uh, it's been a great
0: week. Glad to have you back. Thank and you. Uh, I'll... That's it. All right. That's it. There we go. (laughs) Well, it's 8 o'clock. I'm really bad at wrapping things up. Uh, It's okay. People, you know, I don't think people listen to the last couple of minutes of a show, anyways. When I hear people start wrapping up, that's when I switch to a new podcast. Do you? I'm a completionist. I have to listen to the whole thing. That's good. I've never understood the purpose of completion. Uh, My brain hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I need some breakfast. We'll see you around the neighborhood.